begins with this gate drop. Fine folks out there, welcome to Power to the Ground, the year-end review episode. Tiller's been working hard on this one, or hardly working. We're going to find out today. We're not 100% certain as of right this second. Uh, If you're listening to us and you're new, go ahead and drop where you're at. We like to to talk about new places. We like to... uh, We like to get around. Hey, <laughs> no, it's uh, we travel quite a bit, so we definitely like to hear where people are. Maybe we've been to your area, maybe we haven't. Uh, if we haven't, we'll definitely ask you about some stuff. Also, please do not forget like, comment, share, and subscribe. We are on YouTube as well as Facebook simultaneously because we're crazy like that or cool. I don't know. I tried to come up with a cool little hook line and it didn't work. Um, (laughs) So please like, comment, share, and subscribe. We're just rolling with it, Tiller. I don't even know. uh, Yeah, if it's in the brain, it's coming out the mouth right now, apparently. Also, Big thank you to Bro Taco Hot Sauce. Stop on over at brotacofoods.com. Use code PTTG for 20%. That's Bro Taco giving the old shaka. Yeah. So big shout out to Sean. He's on his trip right now, I think. So he's been posting some sweet pictures on Instagram. Yeah. I'm a little jealousy right now. Yeah, his Facebook has a bunch of crazy stuff on it right now, too. But Stop on over. Let's load him up with some orders so that when he gets back, he has plenty to do, you know, because spending like a week away, there's probably not enough for him to do when he comes back. Let's get them all loaded up. Also, big thank you to Sunstar, Sprockets, and Chains. Uh, No promo code, but if you email them, use something power to the ground, something Tiller or Jesse or Steve or Doug or... Even if you just want to email the support email and talk talk shit about us, I'll still give you 30% off. So, and that is, yeah, that's Sunstar at sunstar-breaking.com. We appreciate all of our sponsors, as well as the good old Nova Pro Media. Uh, Nova Pro Media is the one that powers all of this fanciness that goes on in here. It gives me all the buttons to click. And yeah, uh, past button clicks. I don't really know the rest. Uh, they got us all hooked up on the on the dual stuff and, and keep all the websites running. Uh, I'm not a technical person, so they just just let me know what to click and where to drop it. And that's that's what I do. Other than that, we got power at the number two, theground.com, which is where we do all our fun stuff. We got pickums going on there. We got merch that's out there. We have some. Uh, Jesse's always coming up with crazy designs. Did you see that new one with the with the Lawrence brothers? Oh yeah, with that. You know, I'm not gonna lie. The first time, the first time I looked at it, it was probably I don't know, good thirty maybe closer to 60 seconds embarrassingly before I realized what was happening in the photo. Like I saw the name and I was like, ha, ah, that's funny. And then I was looking at the rest of it and it just didn't click. And then finally, finally it, it did. It, it finally, finally got all set up. 
Yeah, I was trying to read it as like there was a sentence about the scene, maybe not necessarily like the individual pieces, and then it then it hit me. Just just right over your head. Yourself. See how much smarter you are than I am. That's I am attempting to pull it over right now. Oh, he! I forgot about the juggies. You got to get you some of the juggies. I think he's coming out with the uh, the A through double D cups because we're all a bunch of man children. Um, we come up with cool names for stuff. He does have a 17 ouncer that is up there right now. I'm clicking a bunch of buttons trying to bring stuff over so that I can show you folks that are following along on video. If you are on audio, I apologize. I am. I, I can't make pictures show up in audio. However, comma, if you stop on over to power, the number two, the ground.com, you can see all this fun stuff for yourself. So here's the, uh, the brothers Lawrence. Uh, I'll try to describe it. Uh, it's got the brothers Lawrence on the chest and then it has a little stick figure hunter guy down in the corner and a jet flying over it. And here's the sweet juggy bottles. So this is the a cup. It's 17 ounces and he is currently working on getting all the way up to 64 ounces. So stop on over, hit Jesse up on the power to the ground website, get you some sweet merch. Um, that's really all I have. We have. We're gonna let Tiller take over and kind of run the show. He's a lot more structured than I am, so it, it might actually make a little bit more sense than when I'm just sitting here like, "Oh yeah," or "Oh, I forgot to bring this up an hour ago." So let's talk about it now. So we'll see. I've got I've got some goals for us to hit. Not necessarily. We'll see. There's probably going to be some jumping around because uh, even as I was making my outline, I jumped around in my outline a couple times being like, oh, no, I already pointed that out. So we'll see how it goes. See, um, he's got an outline, folks. He's fancy. I tried it this time. We'll see what happens. If, oh, we, yeah. we may go back to unstructured for the 450 show next week. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's see. probably why I was never good in school is the whole structure <laughs> thing. I'm like, uh, follow an outline, Doug. Oh, uh, um, I'm trying. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> right. So the the big thing with the the 250s, we ended up with two champions in the 250 class. Uh, for better or for worse, it could have been first place, second place, but we ended up with two separate champions on the backwards coast for 2021. Um, we had East. The East champion was Colt Nichols, who was number 64 this year, rip number 13. Uh, Second place in the East Coast was Joe Shimoda. So Cole had 210, 210 points. Joe Shimoda had 181. Jet Lords finished in third with 177. He finished a whole season this year, which is not cracking on him. It's just exciting. That's crazy. You know, Maybe a little bit of cracking on him, but he, he finished the season. I admittedly did not think he was going to finish the season. I figured he'd get hurt. Um, yeah. But the person that ended up getting hurt, and losing a chance at the championship was Christian Craig, who finished fourth um, overall with 158 points. And then Michael Moseman, who also had some really interesting rides that I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, with 124 points. Um, for somebody who I would have thought off the cuff was closer in the hunt because of his good rides, sitting here looking at it again being, what is it, 86 points off, ninety, almost 90 points off the, the lead. 
he actually was not doing as good as I thought he was going to. Um, yeah. For the, for the championship. So I think just overall, when you look at the top five, you know, for it's exciting that Colt won this year, of course, but then you've got some of the better improved rides of, of Joe Shimoda, which we'll talk about later when we get into it. Jet Lawrence said he finished the whole season, which is great. Christian Craig, who we thought would be a title contender, missed the last two races of the season, putting him in fourth. Um, so just looking at the top five in general for the 250 East Coast, I keep having to look at this backwards, East Coast, um, I think there's some storylines there that are just kind of stand out on their own before you even really get into the individual riders or any individual races um, compared to what you would expect when you looked at who was registered for that coast, right? Yeah. Um, and then we can just jump over to the West Coast real fast to talk about the championship hunt there. So we, our winner in the West Coast was Justin Cooper with 194. And then Hunter Lawrence, the other of the brothers Lawrence, um, finished second with 181. Cameron McAdoo finished third with 177. Seth Hamaker finished 160 in fourth place. And then Jalik Sol finished fifth in 100 and, or with 153 points. Um, did I say Seth Hamaker finished in 160th place? Or did I get that right? Doesn't matter. Let's move on. Or too far now. <laughs> too far gone. <laughs> I either messed up or accidentally messed up trying to correct myself. Um, so I think the the interesting thing to look at here off the is top it of the first second thing, and third place or both have the same number of points on each coast? Holy cow. Third place, yeah, third place on both coast. Oh my goodness, I do. And second and third, yeah, that's weird. I wonder how many times that's happened. I might have to try to look that up. That's crazy. I mean, that is. they have a smaller number of races, but even then, when you still think about the total possible combinations of points, winning positions that can get you that for over a course of nine races, for that to happen two places on both coasts, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. I'll have to take a look at that. Um, it might be a fun Facebook post one day. But the 194 compared to 210, 16 points off, um, it's not that big of a difference. But it just feels a lot closer when you look at 194 to 177 or even to 160. Because then you're you're at 34 points um, between those four. So, you know, if Justin Cooper wouldn't have would have missed a race like Craig did. That could have been a lot tighter of a, between Lawrence and McAdoo, you know, just one race. So yeah. there was definitely some things closer on the line over the course of the season between these, um, between this coast, I think, as far as how many more people could have been in contention. Whereas, yeah. um, you know, it would have taken Christian and Colt to fall out for the next two guys and on the East coast to be, to be close. So I definitely think I've um, just kind of from my gut feeling though, the West coast races were more exciting overall in a championship. I think the East coast definitely still had some interesting rides. When you think about some of the individual races and performances you saw from guys like jet or definitely Joe. Um, yeah. I still remember what was the race? One of the, was it one of the Houston races where we did the first cows cross the season Is it where Joe was just railing it? Uh, Indy three. 
Oh, is that the one you didn't go to at Indy where we did the cup? Yeah. yeah, that one. Um, I was thinking it was Houston because I figured I was thinking no, we at all three Indy rounds. No, um, I, I didn't go to that one, and I, I remember it because I was late joining because I was recording the Down and Dirty episode with my brother where we were going over kind of what he thought about his first Supercross race. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. But, yeah, I, just, I still remember watching Joe with that race just being – you know, I mean, that was six races. He's on fire. Super that, excited watching him even more that year, this year. That push right across the rhythm section where I was sitting, where he ended up landing, like, on the leader flashy light thing mm-hmm. was insane. Like, I wish I was there to be able to see that because the amount of speed that he can carry when he's in a sprint is insane. And he's so smooth that when he does take it up, that extra five ten percent like it doesn't it doesn't have a dramatic impact like when say jet does it or uh moseman or, or somebody that's more of a passionate rider compared to like a smooth rider mm-hmm. you know so yeah, watching uh interesting to watch this year yeah exciting to watch interesting decision to adjust this and he's so uh I don't know. He's, he's so soft-spoken too. Like you, you don't expect it, you know, mm-hmm. or he'll just be like, and we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Soft-spoken and how, in how he physically performs and rides the bike. And then also in, you know, how he, how he actually speaks and conveys his, his thoughts. And, you know, when he's on his podium interviews, which I'm sure we can get to when we, when we get to touch on him, uh, closer. Um, yeah, let's see. Another thing I wanted to pull up real fast was where we can get to it. The, I think in the West Coast versus the East Coast, just in general, I think there were more people on the West Coast in, that we would have expected to be in the top five that didn't yeah. make it in versus the East Coast. Everybody outside of the top five, like, okay, um, you know. He didn't make it in the top five. No big deal. Like, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth were Josh Osby, Joshua Vries, and Thomas Doe. Anybody expect those guys to be in the top five? Maybe Mitchell Oldenburg, because you know he was uh, he was on a factory team. Um, yeah, but he's he's not got this isn't his fourth year, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's not Hunters or Jets or you know, Shimoda's or. Oh yeah. But they, he's not a guy that's, they've been talking about for three years going into the class either though. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, so I think while he was a factory guy, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have some, he wasn't at the last two races. So that, that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, that'll definitely mess it up a little bit. His, but being 91 points off or being at 91 points, he was still, he would have been knocking on fifth place, but it would have been him or Moseman, which, you know, it is what it is. Well, I mean, um, he didn't have a very good residency in Indianapolis from what I remember either. He had a couple pretty decent wrecks that kind of took him right out of the game. Yeah, Should... Houston three and Indy two. He yeah. finished with three points. Maybe those are the two I'm thinking of. I know the Indy one, he yard sailed the bike right in front of me. And all you heard was the frame and everything slapping the concrete. So, 
Is that the same one where? Oh yeah, because that was um, that was that was the race, right? Yeah. That was the same. That was the one where he like caused the big stink by his um, his bike locking up in the heat race, right? I and think so. Yeah. I think the... so. Yeah. Um, it's hard anyways. when you're there because you can't hear anything. All you hear is bikes the whole time. You oh, know? Yeah, especially when you're inside of inside of one of those stadiums like that. Um, yeah. So. I guess kind of where I was going to that was um, if we were going to kind of vote on a, which coast was the best coast this round, you know, we're, we're just off the, on a general kind of subjective feeling, which one would you vote? Or do you feel like was the the better coast overall? Uh, it's hard to say. You, want. you can go off like rider talent or which one provided the best show. Cause I don't, I don't think there's any real, Unless you wanted to, you know, vote individually on each category, I think for this you can, you know, just looking for. Yeah, I mean, it, of the sport. It's hard to say because there was definitely it seemed like more action or like liver races on the West Coast, but the I feel like the East Coast had better races, if that makes sense. Like there wasn't as many like crazy things happening on the East coast. It was more of a, like a traditional style supercross where I feel like the West coast was just everywhere at once, you know, mm -hmm. but the schedule is hard because you go, the first half of the season was all East coast. And then the second half was all West coast. So you kind of forget about the East coast races, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, I mean, it's definitely hard. Yeah, the East Coast guys didn't get Daytona or Atlanta or Atlanta, so they yeah. didn't get any of those interesting tracks to see how they were going to do. Um, it was colder when they got the race at Indy. I don't think it was. Oh, really it was cold Houston when they were there, but it was cold in Indy. I can tell you that. I'm. I have no doubt it was because that was that was still in February when the Indy rounds happened, right? The February or March. I can't remember. I just remember being at freezing cold, dude. I was standing out at the pit gate talking to some of the guys. And by the time we got done, just like smoking and joking, man, I couldn't feel my hands or my face. It took me forever to get worn back up. So, and that's, I mean, I'm from around here, so I'm kind of used to the cold, but it was, it was like that wet cold. Mm -hmm. you know where it's just it's like a heavy cold it doesn't really matter what you wear or where you're at it was kind of like sleet it was disgusting that round um, always looks difficult for even the riders to deal with too because you always see photos of them being outside and like snow on the rigs or something in their bundle up, oh yeah you know and all the layers and then they got to go inside where it's still probably not super warm um, you know, until it wasn't horrible inside, I would probably put it like 65. I mean, it wasn't hot, but it wasn't like compared to outside, it was summer, yeah. You know? So, but you also have to figure all the privateers trying to run out of a van or, or doing anything crazy like that, you know. I mean, that's got to suck to pit out of a van when you're an indie. Mm hmm. Or doing yeah. what was that Justin Starling where he pitted out of a rental car on the last round? 
Oh yeah, I saw photos of that. That was insane. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine trying to do that at Indy, you know, unless you have an enclosed vehicle. Like yeah, even then, you know, even some of these fancy vans that these guys are, you know, some of the privateers can afford now. Yeah, you might have room to maybe do something in, but that's still not a lot. Oh, of you're room. not. And I've slept yeah. in a van while it's on and the heat's running on a cold night. That floor still gets cold. Your oh, body yeah. still gets cold in there. Like it, it's not a sauna. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I don't know how they did it, man. It was cold, though. So, and that's something to think about. Something to think about. But yeah, so to so where are you putting? Are you putting putting your money more on the the East Coast guys, the Colton Christian Coast. Uh, Not guys. No. Maybe just the coast in general. No, I think the West was more entertaining to watch, especially because, I mean, you got McAdoo who likes to wreck and get back up like some type of superhero. You know, you got Hunter Lawrence that would have bad starts or maybe get jammed up in the first corner and then charge through the field. You had... um, Jalik Swole would do good. You had what? What was it? Thrasher, who came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had the. It, I don't know. I just feel like the racing was much better on the West than it was the East. And I'm not saying that the East was bad, but what I'm saying is, I liked the racing on the West a little bit better. And it could have everything to do with the tracks that they raced as well. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they were definitely, they won the, the track lottery this year for sure. No ifs, ands or buts about it. Like zero questions asked. They definitely won the, won those. So if the roles were reversed, I might be saying the East coast had better racing you know, same guys, just different track selection. So yeah. it's, but I'll have to go with the West. I don't, I, just, I don't think there's a, there's a wrong answer there. And I definitely think, you know, for all the reasons you gave, they definitely had some really crazy entertainment value. There were definitely some races that didn't provide, you know, the kind of back and forth, like Colton Christian had overall, yeah. or, you know, Jet and Joe getting in there tight sometimes. You know, there were some runaway races by the two from Thrasher and whatnot. But yeah, I think general, just overall field entertainment value, I think the West Coast was, could easily be argued as the better one just for yeah. entertainment value alone. Now, talent wise, the East Coast all day, you know, but I mean, it just the, the top three, top four, I think, hold their own. Just those four on the East Coast versus all the West Coast guys, those guys could hold their own, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Entertainment value goes to the West. Talent goes to the East. I definitely think the East Coast was harder to break into kind of the the top top four or five in any given race weekend, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of pretty much turned out except for Craig getting hurt. It pretty much turned out exactly how we thought it was going to turn out, you know? Yeah. 
and even even the Craig incident was definitely something that added some excitement um, to the to the situation right there at the end because that was a you know somebody who got everybody was really excited about he was really emotional about that that first win uh, that yeah. day he did really good and then all of a sudden the turnaround that there was definitely some some emotion going yeah. on in that series. Um, let's see. So then we're going to talk overall, just maybe some individual things before we start going over individual writers, maybe what you, you wouldn't have to necessarily pick one person, but I'll, I'll start with my, my thoughts on it as far as just a most improved, um, Writer, either series, not necessarily one from each, but if you want to do one from each, that's fine. But for me, I think my most improved just gut feeling because of the impression it made on me was Joe. Um, you know, they, he and the Honda guys had, you know, a last year all there at the last round at Outdoors last year, and it's not like they were doing bad. So I don't, I, I don't think I'd put money on it and say that objectively, you know, fact-based that he was definitely the most improved rider. But for me, I got the most excited by his overall improvement over the course of the series, just from getting to see him be out in public more, do more interviews, talk to more people, you know, his, how humble he was on the podium when he got on there that first time where, you know, he was like, I don't, you know, I didn't earn this. And yeah, you can you can get mad at him or not mad at him, but you know you can be like ah Joe you should you know but I can respect you know him and his his culture saying that about I not think being the there too. biggest thing about Shimoda this year is it wasn't all the Lawrence brothers being on Honda twenty four seven about everything and Joe had the ability to actually kind of not shine through but at least get on their level as far as like a media where he's not on the same team as those guys, not everything in the media coming to that team is about those guys, not, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, cause a lot of people were sleeping on Shimoda last year, you know, uh, both in, in supercross and outdoors. And he was always right there, but it was always look at this 16 year old kid that came from Australia, you know, mm -hmm. and Shimoda held his own against jet and Hunter and MXGP too. You know, it's just everyone was so focused on it's these brothers from Australia, like Chad Reed, and they're pretty young. And I mean, Joe's still the same age. The only difference is he's not super outspoken and eats donuts, you yeah. know. So a lot of people are sleeping on him, you know. And I think I, I might have said it at the beginning of the year. I can't wholeheartedly remember, like, that don't sleep on Joe. Like he's going to be there like top three. And he was all even if Craig didn't get hurt, he was still top three, a solid top three, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's a good point. You made that, you know, he wasn't there to play second or third fiddle to the Lawrence brothers on the same team this year. Yeah. Like he was last year. You know, he, he was, I think. I mean, he was the one sixty. He was the best guy on the PC team this year, as far as points earned. Um, you know, he beat McAdoo by four points. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't put on a 
crazy display of flexibility. Like that sounded bad. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like, <laughs> like McAdoo did. Um, he definitely didn't get talked about probably as much as McAdoo. Uh, you know, if you're going to count some hashtag mentions, um, but yeah, I mean, he, but he, he scored more points than, than McAdoo, you know, that's, He's a silent assassin, man. Mm. Straight up like some ninja shit, dude. Like he doesn't need to be the center of attention. He's good at what he does and he just lets that speak for itself and people are finally starting to take notice. Like mm. I will wholeheartedly agree he might be the most improved in the public eye, if that makes sense. Like his actual presence within the sport is probably the most improved. He turned a lot of people on to him this year, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, I mean, strictly going by like statistics from last year, years past, or how long he's actually been doing Supercross or anything like that. Like I, I'm, I'm still stuck with the other three that I, that I brought up earlier, which was Carnow, Shock and Harrison, you know, I mean, they don't have the minus Harrison really, they don't really have the worldwide racing background that like Shimoda or the Lawrence brothers have, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Harrison, I think the furthest he got up doing GP was MX three. I think he didn't even make it all the way up to two. So it's, and for, for him to come out swinging like he did this year is pretty nice. I mean, he's on, what a factory supported team with Muckoff, I think he races for, right? Yeah. On the Honda. Yeah. And and Carnow is I mean, for he's a privateer for all intents and purposes, you know. I mean, and for him to do as good as he did, I think he might have been the highest scoring privateer out of both coasts. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but looking uh, at some of his past stuff he never mm-hmm. really broke the thirties and now all of a sudden he's way up there, you know? Yeah. I don't know if Freezy and Osby, when I'm looking at those another teams represented, and I can't remember, but, um, Osby's on a team, I think. Freeze, Freeze, Osby and Doe were above him on that coast. Yeah. Osby races for, who does Osby race for? He's a team guy, I think. I think their, their I teams could be. might be more important than their hometowns on AMA list. Just gonna throw that out there. Because their hometowns are yeah. always so accurate. Trying to get the AMA to do anything except for mess things up is pretty much impossible. Mm-hmm. So let me look. Osby. Yeah, Osby races for Phoenix Racing. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, he had yeah, he had thirty three points last year. Yeah. Shock had six points. Yep. And Harrison is not showing at all last year. Yeah. So by default and that's I mean, even Thomas Doe raced 2016 2019 and then 2021 i mean granted it looks like he only raced one race in 16 and 19 but 
I mean, he came out swinging too. To be honest with you, I kind of forgot about him. Um, I think I, I mean, they didn't talk about him a whole lot. I don't think. Um, but he's where's he from? I want to make uh, sure we got the right guy, Josh Fariz, that came out of nowhere too. I kind of forgot about him too. The hundred and four points, sitting in seventh. Yeah, I remember talk about Freezy because for um, fantasy talk, I'm pretty sure Doe's not from Marietta, California. Um, but yeah, I remember a lot of those guys getting talked about for you know they've been around, been racing in other places before. Nah, Doe's from France, I think. That's what I was thinking. I, I kept getting him, and I wanted to get him, and I think uh, Thurry is from Europe also, but I, I kept getting there home countries backwards and I can never remember which one was French and which one wasn't because I don't think uh, Doe is France I'm on the Racer X site I don't even mess with the AMA site man there's so many glitches and bugs with it that's I just kind of jumped over to uh, the Racer X just their point standings and stuff like that they're usually a little bit at least figuring out who's on what team and where they're from is a lot better that way um yeah i mean all those all those guys were did pretty i mean relatively well more improved and wasn't and Carnell did where did he finish up in how many points did he or finish didn't he earn points in the 450 or did he not make it in any uh of the 450 rounds he raced uh i don't think he made it into any of the 450s but he did race 450 last year and got one point. But from 2015 to 2021, I mean, he's raced East Coast, East Coast, East Coast, West Coast, 450 and West Coast, and then East Coast. And he went from 30th, 32nd, 33rd, 21st, 38th, 21st, to 10th, bro. It's definitely improved. He he more than doubled his points from last year. Which and he had a couple where he went out there and either his bike was broken or something happened and he ended up pulling off because I remember getting super pissed because I had him in faith or had him in fantasy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've probably said something about it, like don't be a car now, finish the race. You know. But I I mean I can't hate on him. He he's a fast kid, you know, and he's doing it all himself. So Deserves some credit, that's for sure. Yeah. A most improved factory guy. I I don't know. It's hard to say with those because that's a whole different world. Harlan was doing really good, too, before he um, he had... was it? Which rounds? Those indie rounds he didn't do the best in. He was doing really good in Houston. Indie rounds he didn't do as well in. And then... um, that kid came out of nowhere too. I thought he got maybe that's why he didn't do well in India was because he was riding hurt. Yeah, he was messed up a little bit. I for some reason I thought he got hurt and wasn't coming back, and that's why he wasn't at Salt Lake City. Maybe he just yeah. didn't go to Salt Lake City because he wasn't sitting best in the championship points and wasn't. Nah, he was uh, he was beat up pretty good. He had a he was on all the um, so he missed. 
Let's see. He missed no, Arlington. One, two, well. and three. He did Indy really well. Yeah. And then he got hurt, I think, after Orlando, because Orlando, he did not do well. Yeah, that's... He got... He missed all the Arlington rounds, all the Atlanta rounds, and all the Salt Lake rounds. Well, he wasn't... He was on the... He wasn't on the... West Coast. Oh, he I don't did, know. He did all of the East Coast rounds except for the Salt Lake City. Yeah, he just pops up on the... Uh, on the injury report, man. Yeah, I can't remember. But I do remember being impressed by him because he he caught my eye. In outdoors. Two years ago, uh, seeing him in Atlanta. Uh-oh. Out of nowhere, he just came and performed really well at Atlanta. And then last year at outdoors, you and I talked about him a lot, watching him, and he kept going and going and going. Yeah, he was at, uh, he ran Ironman, Red Bud, both Red Buds, Spring Creek, and Thunder Valley last year in outdoors. And I remember seeing him in the LCQ, and I was like, hey, man, like, you pick this guy up on fantasy right now. Yeah. Kill him. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So I did want to say I pulled up some comparisons for, for Joe, um, just since he was my, my kind of pick off the cuff. Last year, just this is his overall improvement is pretty stellar. Last year, his average qualifying position was nine, 9.1. This year, 5.6. One whole shot this year, zero last year. You know, there's only so many of those to hand out. His yeah. average start went from 10 last year to seventh this year. Uh, he actually led laps this year, 19 in total, zero last year. His average finish went from a 9.4 to a 3.7. Yeah, that's... He won a race this year, and he finished 60, 59 points higher. Yeah. One point higher in the overall, though. That's kind of... Right, like, he was still top three last year. Which is crazy. Everybody's still sleeping on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, well, that's just cross. how crazy... Um, that's how crazy last year was. You know, it was, yeah. it was the Shane and Chase show last year. They just won everything. And then if you look last year, third through seventh, we're all 18 points off. Yeah. 18 points separated the third through seventh last year. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, because that's what happens when you have two guys that run away with it and they just trade wins each week and everybody else is left to fight for the scraps. Yeah. Um, when you get a point system that, has such high gaps between the first three spots. Um, I mean, it pays yeah. to win, man. So, so that was just the kind of the most Im- most improved. Jeff, anything else that you wanted to add to the most improved topic of the of the show? Uh, yes. Most improved broadcast was Daniel Blair in the booth over the rest of them jokers. I, I personally like Lee in this fuzzy webcam. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like Lee, it might just be like the history I have with him and all like the motorsports stuff that he's covered. Oh, I do too. That's my second pick. Um, if, if Daniel's I enjoyed having him in, in when he started the season. It was nice yeah. having him on there because he's, he's just even keel. I don't think Ralph's a bad person. 
I just don't like his style. Yeah. I like Lee's style and he was good. I'm sure he probably said things wrong and I probably ignored it just because I was used to him and I liked his style. I don't care if Todd Harris has done bar to bar forever. That dude. No. I, he, I think it's the same reason I don't like Ralph. It's just, it's, it's too much. Like the stuff we're watching is exciting. I don't need you like accidentally saying dumb stuff because you're trying to be too exciting. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was funny every time he said the big D. Yeah. When they were racing at the Arlington races, it was funny. I giggled like a little child. Yeah. The name's wrong. All the other stuff. A colt in a field of stallions. That's what he said when Colt won the. Does he know what a Colt is compared to stallions? Colt's the name of my big dog. That's all I know. (laughs) But he's afraid of horses, so that still wouldn't work. (laughs) Yeah, no, it'd be like Colt running away from a field of stallions. I'm just saying, like, he wasn't. I'm sure he probably did a thousand times that I could ever do up there, you know, in that Todd wasn't there. So to your point, having db up there feeling like fun because he's had he's been able to get more comfortable with ricky over the past like couple years and those two generally you can tell those two generally know each other and yeah genuinely have fun together that was a refreshing just feel well they're both incredibly smart with the riders the track the bikes mm-hmm. the racecraft, and they fed off each other so well i thought i think that's what ricky needs ricky needs somebody to like trigger needs, him to say the he right needs stuff adult right. supervision kind of, yeah well yeah um I, yeah i mean i think ricky's good to have it up there it's nice having the goat in the booth to even like advertise and yeah. he's fun um and i could totally get why some people don't like him in there i personally yeah. think you get a guy like db that knows how to get him to feel comfortable talking we're like Todd doesn't know what to say to get uh, Ricky to say the right stuff, you know? Yeah. Ricky needs the the right partner. I don't think Todd could do that well with the right partner. Um. Anyways, but we can go on and on about that. So yeah, DB, DB having him get up there, having him, he did so much. I love the new race day live format. I miss Jim Holly, but having DB run like co-run race day live. Um. Yeah. Is, was great. He did. He did better there. Having him in the booth was great. I think DB just overall improved. Period. This year it was, it was fun to a watch. Fun guy anyway. Yeah, he's know? hard not to cheer for just in general. I mean, if you follow yeah. him in any of the stuff he does, he's it's just great to cheer for him. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. DB. That DB was in the broadcast, man. That was the overall best improvement and then we only got it for one week just one week i know but he got to live a dream though so that's that's good we can we can and hopefully that. he turned enough eyes to be able to get him a little bit more next year you know yeah i mean it's like, be like said, hey look we can we can pay this you know we were already paying him yeah. so he's done i mean move tyler up to db spot on race day live and bounce db over to the main broadcast man yeah I think Tyler Ectignap could bring quite a bit to the table as well. Just listening to him and talking to him at Indy, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, like, got a future in this stuff, man. Like, he, he, seems he to be definitely having fun does. With it. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's he's cracking jokes and everything. That much. 
and he was walking around like just in the crowd just talking to people like messing with kids and stuff like that like it was i mean it was fun you know yeah. he, he's actually a really cool dude and i i do want to see him go a little bit further i did feel sorry for albrecht he uh he looked like a deer in the headlights when he had to do all his all his little spots on that same broadcast with DV. He's like, uh, yeah, on the pit board. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I think that was them just trying to give him easy stuff to do because I don't think he's ever really done it before. Yeah, but, some of the stuff they set him up with was did not make him look the best. But again, you know, half those guys don't they, come up with that stuff on their own. You know, so I think they did, did the it. same did thing with Rutledge. Yeah, first job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they made Rutledge Rut- wasn't sitting around being like, "Hey, let me, let me, you know, come up and, and do this." Um, yeah, Albrecht well, for somebody who's probably not been in front of a camera that often. You know, if you heard him yeah. on like the Bulb Show two weeks ago and how big of a like a goofball he was on that show, to all of a sudden, oh yeah, doing as well like presenting himself and he carrying got nervous man, yeah, speech and stuff is is pretty good. And I just like the segments that they were like, you know. And this guy clearly knows that some of those mechanical segments they did that night. Yeah. Um, were pretty, pretty Speaking exciting. of mechanical segments, man, what was your favorite science of supercross dude? I like um, that when they don't fill it with monster bullshit. I like that. I it wasn't the, cool... it wasn't the monster hydration ad. That one was the worst one. Jeff <laughs> yeah. Ward looked so disinterested behind his glasses. You couldn't see through. It was the most, it was just an absolute terrible ad. It was the worst oh, yeah. science of Supercross in the history of science of Supercross. Is the worst. It was clearly oh, yeah. had, and I hated it every single bit of it. Um, what was your favorite, though, man? For hilarity, the memes that spawned from the the eye test one. The oh first yeah, eye test one. That was that one was hilarious. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know which one was my favorite. I can't think of my favorite one off the I was unprepared for this. Um, That's what I'm good at. I'm like, here, hold on to this. <laughs> I think I I don't know. I think just overall the segment's getting better is is Jeremy's getting more comfortable doing it. Um yeah. you know, and his like presentation during the recordings and everything. He's clearly more comfortable talking about it and it's not like he's doing a just a pure ad read. And then this year I know in the past they've done it, but this year bringing in more of the riders, like they had a hammocker one, what was it the whoops with hammocker? Um, and then they had one with McAdoo so. and stuff. I, yeah. I think just overall, I just enjoyed them a little bit more. Except for that I, ad read. That was the worst. It went from like really, really good. And then it's just, there was just one bombshell. And then the oh, rest yeah. Were... That's uh, the eye twitch one. Like the... Uh, I don't even know. It it was about like head injuries or something, wasn't it? Well, they, It was they like a neuroscience could and reaction times and stuff i think they had two of them on that same there was a long one and a short one Um, the short one kind of wasn't that good the long one where they actually got in depth with like the neuroscience behind it mm -hmm. i thought that one was excellent like that was probably one of my favorite ones because how how many times do you have to learn like tire compounds and how the start gate works and you know like how does the monster girl know when the 32nd board is up you know like mm-hmm. th- those yeah, ones are you talk about how steep jumps are and what like triples and doubles and yeah. what that means for, like time in the air versus not um yeah this i think there were two of them and i enjoyed both of them i can't remember why maybe they were touching on two slightly different things as far as just like 
their their thinking speed versus their eye speed. Maybe that's what it was. It was like yeah. reaction time versus eye speed because they had the eye speed one. That was where they like accidentally made fun of Rutledge and showed that he had. Oh yeah, they were like, "You might have had a really bad injury one time," and he was just yeah. like. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I think uh, that was the short one that was on the broadcast, and then they put another one up on YouTube that was like the full thing because it was, it was like two or three times longer. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I was thinking of like two different ones that they posted, but they were all the same thing because they were so close. I have to go back and look at yeah. those. Um, but yeah, With I do the, remember those like the neural ones that they talked about between like, like the eye and the reaction time and yeah. thinking about and. Yeah, because I think wasn't that one too where they were talking about um, they had one of the like younger memorizing kids on the it. track, yeah, a bit too, and like how much you got to focus on and everything on there. Yeah, so yeah, I think the science, yeah, science supercross definitely getting better. Let's hope it continues its upward swing. Maybe yeah. let's just hope it was just like a little blip, you know, like some stock market stuff. Like it's like mm-hmm. it keeps yeah. going back up. Let's no see. more disinterested ad reads about Jeff Ward, please. Yeah, um, right. Let's see. So we got that. So then let's see. Uh, let's just run down some list of riders and see if we need to talk any more about them or say say some piece and, and move on um, in no particular order other than maybe just kind of the order my, my brain thought of. What do we want to say about Cameron McAdoo? Anything other than Holy cow, what a story. This kid's had some history. Glad he's got a ride. Glad he knows how to ride. Looks like he, you know, he's got speed when he can keep it together. And who's his yoga trainer? Uh, I stick with kind of what I said a couple weeks ago, you know, where he's got the speed, but he's got that James Stewart mentality where he mm-hmm. needs, he's got enough speed that he can tone it back one or 2% and do better than he can at a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that that's really yeah. all. That's we, we've really what I got him. on him. Yeah. He's uh, I'm impressed with him and the results that he did put out. I'm glad he's, he made it through. Okay. Um, after some of those crazy crashes he had in Atlanta. Uh, oh yeah. I'd like to, I'm excited to see what he can, what he can do next year. Maybe he does like what he said, dial it back to 99 to finish you know you got to finish the race first in order to finish first in the race man and that's some of these kids tend to forget that yeah so then we got we've 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 gone over joe um yeah pretty much at at nauseum by this point in the season (laughs) he killed it we're proud of him i can't wait to see what he does outdoors um you know i don't I don't think the the ride from him at the end of outdoors last year was just because the championship guys were mailed at home. I mean, there might have been some of that, but he was also, like you said, he was there to finish a race in a series. So he did. Yeah, Yeah, Um, he did. I was, I mean, I'm always impressed with Joe and it's hard to say, it's hard to say his name now without doing like the, uh, who sung that song? Oh, uh, my Sharona song, dude. It's hard to say his name without without bringing that up now. Oh, I hate you for for putting that in my brain. <laughs> Joe <Earworm>. Shimoda. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just hard not to. Um. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I highly recommend if you haven't 
listened to it. He's done. He did a really cool interview um, with the guys at the DMXS podcast that I really enjoyed. That was one of my favorite interviews from the season. Um, if you were just on the fence about Joe, just to be like kind of neutral, not so much like love or hate, but just general neutral, you listen to that. I think it'll be hard to come out not just enjoying the kid more. Um, next on the apparently I was on the PC train when I was putting this together. Seth Hamaker. I mean, he's still young, so it's hard to really pass too much judgment or expect too much. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's from an area that's not exactly known for their uh, motorcycle prowess in general. So that's kind of surprising that he's made it through everything. And he's still... It's a lot... Like I say with Jet and well, most of these 250 kids, man, they're they're just kids. It's let's see what happens in a year or two, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're going up against guys that have been racing 250s forever, you know, Craig Nichols. Um, well, they didn't race this year, but the Martin brothers, and I mean, there's some, yeah, there's some career guys that we're trying to judge these kids up against and it's how how do you judge a a kid that's only a year or two into his career versus these guys that have been racing 250s for what feels like 15 years Mm -hmm. you know like that's kind of a, a hard judge like you have to mentally try to take the the career 250 guys out of your brain for a second and just kind of judge as if they weren't there. And it, I mean, that's hard to do because the crew guys have been around so long. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about, I guess the exciting thing for Hamaker, I was going to mention was just, you know, he, he won the 250 rookie of the year, which, um, a whole other conversation to have about how that's rewarded. I think the, the safest way to reward rookie of the year is, who scores the most points, you know? Yeah. Like there's, if you, if you try to get subjective about rookie of the year, then you're just going to have a drag out argument about who should have won it. It's never going to stop. You know, everybody's opinion is going to be different. And somebody's, everybody's going to say this person should have won it. If you keep it objective and rookie of the year is who scored the most points. I think that's, that's how the championship gets paid. The championship's yeah. not an objective thing. You know, it's, the yeah, it's not a for reason. So I think it's the safest way to do it. And, he was the the guy with the three-digit number that scored the most points. I don't disagree with it. Yeah, you know, I, I think he had a, a phenomenal year. I just, to be honest with you, I don't know enough about the kid to go into an in-depth conversation about it. Oh, yeah, and I don't know? either. I just think it's, you know, I think for a, a legitimate rookie, you know, in the series this year to finish fourth on his coast above a lot of guys with, experience in the class you know to race in it pretty good yeah yeah um let's see then we get got the hunter the lawrence brothers the brothers lawrence i mean i don't know what's what else to say except hunter had a phenomenal year and jet did pretty much what we expected him to do you know i mean it with Hunter, his whole Supercross career was kind of a uh, 
a crapshoot wild card, what's going to happen type of ordeal. And he came out and said, hold my beer while you guys are talking about my brother. I've been laying down some practice laps, you know. Yeah, other than winning this, I don't think the season could have gone any better for him. You know, after all the the talk that there's been about him, you know, like, oh, don't forget about Hunter. He's hurt. He's going to come racing soon, too. You know, he's the older brother. He's going to come back. He's had all this experience. And he came back and he proved that, like, no, I was I was worth talking about. I'm actually here. I'm I'm the reason why we're here for the most part, you know. And he he showed he showed phenomenal speed, you know, he, when he had bad accidents he came back i mean even the last race you know he he went down and still charged back uh to finish where he did on the last race in in third place um yeah very true there was under put on a hell of a performance and i'm excited to see it and i can't wait to see what both of those two do outdoors because i think that's going to be the separation between those two is is outdoors if those two end up second and third or third and second or first and second or side by side in the championship i'm going to be a little disappointed like i want to see one of them do drastically better at two 30 minute motos in outdoor weather oh yeah i just i want to see it i want to see one of them just crush the other one um that's i'm i'm a huge outdoor fan supercross is just kind of like my I don't know my so I don't go through withdrawals drug you know but outdoors is my main line man that's especially going to the track standing five feet from there while they're flying by at like 60 miles an hour hitting gigantic jumps hopefully hopefully we'll get to do the the Iron Man party this year like we've been talking about it'll be I'm gonna be there guy like I will get a little cardboard cutout Austin Tiller face <laughs> and just walk around with it, dude. Like, I'm going to be there. Worst case, if we have to, we can do that. Maybe maybe if we have to. Um, yeah, so then, Jet. Um, Nate I Thrasher. don't know. Thrasher is another one like Hammaker. Dad great amateur career you knew he was going to come out and do something good Mm -hmm. it kind of sucks that these guys came out their rookie year and did so well uh because now there is expectations for next year and everyone knows that the sophomore year is usually the hardest because you have expectations not only from the people around you but yourself and i don't know i think we're gonna How do I say this? I don't think we're going to see such a flash in the pan next year from both Hammaker and Thrasher. I think they're going to be more of like the standard second year type of guy, maybe finish around the same spot, send points, and just work a lot of themselves out. Mm-hmm. You know? I think Thrasher's got, I mean, yeah, he won two races, but he did so not kind of mediocre and not great at one race that next year he's still got plenty of, he's got room for improvement fairly easily. Yeah. Um, but I think out of Ian Fry as the rookies on the star team that everybody was kind of worried about kind of coming from amateurs, he clearly, he cleared carried that crown on that team for those guys. But I just, I think with Thrasher, my question, the reason I want to talk about him was, 
he single-handedly won two races after winning the LCQ. Not because he was winning the heat races and had a bad accident and had to go to the LCQ. Like he ended up in the LCQ, won them, and then turned around and just won the the main well, event. Two things with that is the LCQ is an extra practice under race conditions. Yeah. On race night, just before your main, mm-hmm. and that kid's young and an excellent. Yeah, that's a big point. Yeah, and that and he's young and in excellent condition, and he's always been a good outdoor rider. And it was at Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, which is a super rhythmy outdoor track, basically. So it's, I think it was a combination of those three, you know, and it's it's not not taking anything away from him. The kid's young. He's in excellent shape. He's a hell of a rider under those conditions. Mm-hmm. And he got a couple extra laps to really see what the track was going to do coming into the main event that some of the other guys didn't have. And not that they necessarily need it. I mean, look who else is around them. It's a bunch of the career 250 guys or been around the block quite a bit. Factory guys, mm-hmm. you know. So it's... Personally, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, I mean, you couldn't see like Craig or Nichols or any of those guys be able to come back and and do that many races back to back to back to back and still have enough energy to go through and and almost be at sprint speed for ten out of the twenty minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's the. Uh, that's the old X factor to that LCQ main event win down there in Atlanta. You know, kid's smart and he can ride the hell out of a bike and he's in great shape and he's young. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think those are all, those are all really great points that kind of maybe explain why it's not so much of an anomaly as it was a fairly explainable set of factors that, put him in first place and not just like, I mean, it was a perfect storm from, you know, yeah, it definitely was, but you know, it's a perfect storm is still explainable factors versus, yeah. You know, like what? Um, yeah. So uh, it it took me a while to kind of figure out what happened because that never happens. Yeah. It's easy for him to come out and say like, Oh yeah, you know, we had a, two or three week break. And so we had time to practice and we really figured some stuff out on the bike. It's, yeah. You were still yeah, in the LCQ. You, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, you do well. It's easy to be like, yeah, we obviously figured something out yeah. last week. Well, duh, you figured something out. You haven't been winning and you just won, you know? Yeah. Um, no. So I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I think I, there's also a lot of luck and a lot of, I can't not qualify for this race. So I better give it my all mm-hmm. going on in there too. You yeah, know. when a fire gets lit under your ass, yeah, you start moving. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that. Let's see, I did. Uh, you know, we've gone over some of these guys, and I completely forgot about this. Was basically a record year as far as the number of first-time winners and number of different winners across the coast, because we had Jet, Thrasher, Hunter, McAdoo, Hammaker get their first wins this season. Oh yeah. Uh, Thrasher got two wins 
this season. You know, his first time not only getting one win but two wins um, in the in there, which is exciting. Um, part of the reason why Hamaker, you know, finished with enough points to get Rookie of the Year was because he got his first win. Um, so yeah, those were some some to talk about. Um, anything in particular? On Colt Nichols, Christian Craig, or Justin Cooper, the star stars of the Star Yamaha uh, squad this year. Yeah, um, either make 250s a full season and not a feeder class or get the fuck up to 450s. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, there's something to be said about <laughs> Craig straddling <laughs> the line, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, Granted, you know, they're going to play the game as long as they want to play the game, you know, as long as the game's there for them to play about, you know, oh, they yeah. run in the 250s as long as they can, but. And I can't it, blame them. The 250 is a better race bike than a 450, hands down, period. You know, like, why go up and try to basically rope a tornado and ride it around for 30 minutes when you have a bike that is a good race bike, good power all the way through, handles great, smaller, lighter bike. You know, I, I don't blame them for that. I would rather race a 250 than a 450 any day of the week. But with the way that the series is currently set up, it's broken. It's superbly broken. And with all the loopholes that they have, it's easy for guys to do that, you know, to, to exploit them. And I think the AMA and Feld need to get together and come up with a better plan overall so that we can either keep talent spread out or let guys keep moving up to the 450 to kill their careers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you got to figure something out. Something needs to get done. Yeah. yeah. There's no question about that. Um, need to figure out, figure out a way to do it, start testing something and, just just go from there you know um i mean it doesn't have to be right the first year the only one that's going to bitch are the people on vital and who really cares you know they're they're not racing and half of them probably don't go to races yeah but i don't know and that's really the only thing that i have with those guys i mean they had phenomenal years and won more championships you know Mm -hmm. and i think what is it nichols and Cooper both have to move up. I can't believe I'm blanking on this. I looked and figured it out, and I can't a hundred percent remember to be honest with you. But it's I don't. I don't think any of them have to move up next year. Yeah, I can't remember. One of them was real close. Maybe they both. I think they both get one more year. Yeah, this year. I'll have to the, look and see, but I'm pretty sure they both have one more year. Championship. Yeah, it, that whole section of the rule book is broken. So, well, it was nice to get that clarification from them oh, on yeah. that you know rule where it was kind of gray about the way it listed it in one section and then didn't say it. Um, didn't say it the next one. Um, let's see. I don't think this article says it. But that, I mean, that's the worst part is especially with the new acquisition for the star team, where are these dudes going to go? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, no, I think that was that might have been why well, I'm getting confused about it is because apparently I think part of the star contract was that they get a guaranteed year whenever they do have to move up, they get a guaranteed one year. Well, that was when it was two separate teams. I don't know if it's like that anymore. Oh, I thought that was part of the new, the new that switch. Was, that was past contracts. That's why Ferrandis is still on star. Oh, and so it wasn't, it was more of just like star saying like, Hey, you know, we're not a 450 team, but we'll give you a 450 bike. Uh, yeah. Like we'll let on. you step up to the factory Yamaha. It was through factory Yamaha somehow. Factory Yamaha like kind of yeah. helped them out and gave them the bike and stuff. So they didn't have to. Yeah. It. Oh, yeah. I was thinking it made more sense now that they are the same team. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, it should, but hmm. I don't know. Cause I know there was a, there was a couple past Yamaha guys where that's kind of where their contracts fell and they were, in their contract was you have one year guaranteed 450. Like I know Ferrandis is the most recent one, you know, obviously, but that's the way his contract was. And they even came out and said it. I think, um, what was the other kid that moved up and was only on star for like a year? Was it last year, or the year before he was the same way where he had a guaranteed year to kind of, prove himself a little bit on a 450 and then they had first right of refusal and they let him go i can't remember who it was blanking can't even think about it yeah, there's definitely something they gotta they gotta do on that um oh here we are here's my pointing out list yeah, Colt Nichols has only hit two. Craig is only Craig. Amazingly enough, I remember this one really hard because I've looked into this one. Out of all the all the seasons, he's done two. He's only finished one one season out of exceeded. nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Colt Nichols has been racing the Martin Brothers since the Martin Brothers got into two fifties, which is insane. Like we all talk shit about the Martin brothers hanging out in two fifties. And then you got Colt Nichols hanging out with his little earrings. There's nobody, uh, important. that's that's pointing out this year. That's what, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that that was the case that there was nobody pointing out. Um, maybe this only exceeded it twice. Yeah. Maybe this is a, a great time to run a 125 feeder program or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It could have been really exciting having, I keep forgetting about it, but it, you know, they were in there for uh, a turn in a main event um, to see what the Martin brothers could have added to the championship scenarios to see what Fortner could have added to the championship scenario in his coast. You know, if the Martin brothers would have been racing, their coast would have been, that would have been some pretty intense championship points, I think, playing out. Even if Alex wasn't, um, you know, wasn't a top three guy, maybe. And he, I think he would have definitely had been there some races to give some of the guys that were fighting for the top three points, you know. Yeah. Stealing some points, but taking away some points that they needed. Um, so I think next year should be pretty exciting, depending on how the coasts work out. Um, yeah. Or maybe if they all of a sudden decided to have all the top guys running one seventeen round series. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot of different ways ways to do that, but I think next year should be pretty exciting, and then we'll just see how we'll get to see how they do outdoors too to give the idea. Because I mean, it's not like these guys don't know how to ride 17 rounds in a row. You know, outdoors is definitely more physically demanding. It may not be yeah. as like technically dangerous. You know, because half of them don't get hurt as many times as they do in Supercross, but we'll see. Um, but the injuries are typically a lot more severe when you do get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you go flying <laughs> off the bike at sixty miles an hour down a hill, um, yeah, or, like you know, thirty feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. Chatterbolt. Um, it can definitely be. Michael, what do you mean with your? Uh, a Ray comment was that with the Yamaha thing or just A Ray being A Ray? I can't remember. Did A Ray race for Yamaha? He did. He was. He did a fill in right on Yamaha on the the cycle trader team, I think, or Rucker, oh, yeah. whatever team it was at the time. Um, but I think, well, he may not be talking about this, but I know A Ray is a guy they use as an example all the time for guys that you know if they changed the 250 class up to where you didn't really point out, or they changed it to where you did run a full series and made them kind of more even that a Ray could be a guy that even now could, you know, maybe jump down into the two fifties and, and do well, you know, I know they made jokes about Phil Nicoletti jumping back in and racing the, the East coast um, series this year because of how weak the rest of the field was there. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Do you, do you, fight for 22nd place or, you know, 18th to 22nd by hoping to get in the main event in the 450 class or, you know, race two fifties and finish top 10. Obviously that's a multi-layered answer because it all depends on a number of different factors, but you know, I mean, that's part, I that's part of it. Is, a win's a win, man. You're either on the podium or you're not. Dude. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter what you're riding to get there. Mm. You know, I mean, like a Cooper Webb. I couldn't help it. <laughs> he won. He won. We'll talk about that next week. Right. Um. Yeah, no, I think in the next year, you know, Volan's going to be back. He was really exciting to watch this year. Uh, I know you and I were both impressed by him mm-hmm. seeing what he could do. I don't think his, his results when he was racing this year were a fluke by any means. Um, no, his dad was good too, man. Yeah, well, I think he he was basically one of he's one of the first series of kids, if I'm not mistaken, that are like the not to say that maybe like Thrasher, the next stuff, generation you know, kid, do like the full amateur stuff. But Volan's the the raised on a training facility program. Yeah. You know, there's there's definitely a separation there, and he he was one of the first one. Um, and it, so it, it'll be interesting to see those kids come up and see how they do. And I, I think part of the problem is there's only so many factory rides that can really provide that level of competition. And then it doesn't matter how many riders you've got that, that are that competitive. You know, we're we're still in a game where all the Hondas are not anywhere close to equal. Um, and equipment does matter to an extent. Um and even if we're to a point where guys aren't pointing out of the season because they don't get hurt, there's still only so many factory rides in the 250 class that are competitive. Yeah. 
Very true. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. Um, I think the two fifties. I don't want to say that I thought it was going to be a boring year, but I didn't have a lot of hopes for it. Um, mostly because like every year we don't know who's going to be racing on what coast to know how exciting it was going to be. I think the only thing we all knew was that Hunter and Jet weren't going to be on the same coast. Yeah. Uh, so it was hard to get really hyped up about, you know, battles going into the season and what you thought was going to happen. Um, but this year here in three weeks on May 29th, they're all going to be on the same starting gate twice in one day. And it's going to be exciting. Yeah, that's, I can't wait for it, man. That's, uh, it's definitely going to be fun. I just, like I said, I like outdoors, man. Put them yeah. all together, let them run, <laughs> smell the gas and haul a little ass, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It'll be good. Um, anything else you can think about to add to the, the 250 conversation? No, I mean, the 250s were fairly predictable this year, I think. I mean, even going through all the fantasy stuff, you could definitely tell that who the favorites were. I mean, the top mm-hmm. fives almost every week were almost the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really saw it the same way. I just kind of hope that they change it, man. Like... <laughs> what I, I just want it to be changed you know long for better days oh yeah and it i mean besides that i don't i don't know it it'll always be a topic for discussion but i'm interested to see if this moseman and jet uh little i don't even know what to call it a little tiff or whatever exactly the word i was thinking of little tiff yeah it carries over into outdoors. I hope so. Uh, I think on outdoors, M- Moseman isn't going to be around Jet that much, to be honest with you. There is a uh, quite the talent gap that is accentuated when you get the longer, faster tracks. I just don't remember how well Moseman did outdoors. I don't think he did bad, but I don't... I don't think he was. But he's on a brand new team this year. Yeah. Maybe that helps him a little bit. Um, I think you could also argue that Jets technically on a better team now, too. I mean, they were effectively the, you know, factory Honda of the 250s, but now that's a legit factory Honda. Um, so yeah. let's see. Let's see. Last year, he didn't race outdoors. The year before, he overalled eighth place. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Only one way we're going to know. See who's who's standing at the top in September. Man. Isn't it? I was looking at the schedule the other day for outdoors, and I was... It doesn't look like that many rounds when you look at the schedule, but then when you look at the calendar and like, yeah, there's some with breaks in between, it really drags out over the months. Oh, yeah. You know, we got January, February, March, April for Supercross, and it just feels like so much longer for outdoors and just 
it's going to be great. It's because it's better. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have uh, too much else. Um, too early somebody... predictions, man. Oh, who's too early gonna... predictions for Supercross. No, who's going to win the outdoor? Oh, outdoors. I. I think. Justin Cooper and Colt Nichols are going to be in the top three. And I think the other bike will be a Honda. What? You forgot about somebody that just switched over to Yamaha and didn't race Supercross, man. What? That almost won last year. Ooh. Oh, crap. Jeez, I told you. Oh, man. You got old Jeremy Martin. He's got two championships. Ooh, don't tell Colt Nichols, but I think. So I'm going to do switch swap here. Hmm. I think purely based on just kind of like skill. I think Jeremy Martin and Justin Cooper and a Honda. I just. If it if it's top three Yamahas, which it very well could be, I'll still be a little shocked. I would rather Colt Nichols be in the top three. Yeah, but and, I think because it's Jeremy Martin and, and watching him last on, year on a slower bike. Yeah, he is on probably not too arguably the best 250 outdoor bike that has ever been made. Yeah, I don't know how you could. I mean, I could. I think the only thing you could argue is that some people may not be able to ride that bike. Which, if a certain person who's clearly not gone back to a 450 team does end up getting announced that they're on a certain bike in between now and next week, we can talk about that more. I think some people may not just be able to ride that bike because it is effectively. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a backwards engine is way different than a steel versus aluminum frame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think it is the most out there bike out of the field, the most different, right? So I think like it's easier to assume okay. that somebody just may not be able to if ride that works, bike. If it works, it's not stupid though. Well, I didn't say it was stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you yeah. know, if if you grew up riding a bike that clearly works one way, and then there's only one other bike that rides totally different because it's built quite literally backwards you know, in the power plant department than the rest of them that I think it's, it's too easy to write it off as, well, I guess it makes sense that he wouldn't, that somebody can't jive with that bike. So the fact that some, that people can just jump from other bikes to the most different bike in the class and jive with it. Um, I think it's pretty good. I mean, we haven't heard anything bad about him riding the bike, um, which we could have seen it. That's yeah. the, that's the that's the only reason I have two different predictions. Is I I think Jeremy Martin should be, but also he got hurt again, and we didn't actually get to see what he can do. And I saw Colt Nichols win a championship, and I saw Justin Cooper win a championship. Yeah, and the craziest thing to me is that both of those brothers literally got season-ending injuries within a half a lap of each other. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the same race. What like, is that? The, the many, odds have to be many, astronomical. So much brother news. 
in 2021 Supercross. 2021 Supercross, the year of the brothers. Disaster and fortune. 250 Supercross, dude. Not even all yeah. Supercross. Just yeah, 250s. Just, just one class. Just one class. <laughs> Two sets of brothers. One did really well. One did disaster uh, or had a disaster. Oh, yeah. That's so, so bad. Um, what do you, who's your, what's your too early prediction? Oh, it's J Mart all day. Okay. Well, I think if we end up doing that preview show, we can, or pre, pre preview, preview show, we can, uh, dive more into it. But I, I definitely would have to say, I think J Mart is on, uh, on my 250 MX top three. Maybe I, maybe I swap Colt and Justin and just call it J Mart Colt and a red bike. <laughs> no, I, I think the numbers the numbers play in the favor of Yamaha being the top three. Oh, not even the numbers. I think they have the talent. They have the bike. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's all all blue bikes up top in the two fifties. I mean, they, yeah, they could. I mean, they have the they have the talent pool. They could be top five. I think it's too hard to say that there's not going to be a red bike or a green bike in the top five, though. I think top five is three blue, one red, one green. Maybe. I don't even think there's a Husqvarna, a KTM. Um, Those bikes are they're kind of lacking, yes. though. In the 250 department, it's definitely the general consensus is they have a little bit more R&D that they need to do be competitive with the other bikes. Yeah, they didn't have any standouts last year, did they? They haven't for a while on the 250s that I know of. Hmm. Now, 450s, they have a good bike. Mm -hmm. Well, they have a good team that builds a good bike. I don't know which one it is. You know, I know it's a popular bike, and guys either love them or hate them. So. Could be a frame factor. We can dive into that on the preview show, though. Right. Um, Sorry, folks, I broke Tiller. Um, you can see him here talking to himself, trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What uh, What else for the our 250-2021 Supercross review show? I don't have much else. I mean, it, it, it's hard to do a proper review show when you're literally talking about two different seasons within one season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could. it could have either been twice as long or, you know, real short and just gone over the, the champion stuff. Shoot championship stuff um i, don't yeah. know, I think we, we talked about we just went over the championships we talked about the coasts you know what we liked what we didn't like about each one um we've clearly touched on things we wish we could have seen in the in the season um some of the misfortunes some of the exciting things overall we talked about we went over some of the privateer riders overall almost all the factory riders um oh one final name that I didn't mention, and I had on my note here. Sixth place in the West Coast Championship Series, Gary Marchbanks. It's not, and not to say like, you know, I mean, obviously he deserves a round of applause, but for the fact that he, you know, he was a guy that had a big story coming into the season about, um, Daytona winner doesn't get a ride back at Kawasaki again. Um, probably only finished sixth place. Well, 
No, I think he still would have finished sixth place behind Jalik with that gap after his uh, Atlanta dumb dumb move. Um, he might have finished. He might have finished fifth. That's the best he could have done after that. Um, but for you know, hit the story that they like to talk about for him going into there and the fact that he won, you know, won Daytona, got on Club MX. I think sixth place is a pretty respectable ride for him and everybody that finished above him. Everybody that finished above him was factory ride. Um, he came out and he, he killed it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I don't have too much to say besides that. I mean, he's definitely seems to have overcome adversity pretty decently this year. Um, Part of the reason why I am wondering if he didn't get the call back from PC is part of what we saw at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That a little bit of childish mentality. Yeah, just like a snappy attitude. You know, um, I have zero idea if that's actually true, or I don't know. It, it's hard not to trust that team when they're when they're picking people, you know. That's kind of like Roger going out and picking up Volhallen, where we're like, okay, you know. And when they dropped Marchbanks, it was kind of the same way. We're like, that seems crazy to me, you know. But it's kind of hard to second guess Mitch Payton's decisions about which rider he does and doesn't want on his team. And that's why, I mean, Savachi was the same way, where we were all like, he does great. Like, we don't get it. And then it came out that he just had a shitty attitude, mm-hmm. you know. And it's never Mitch that comes out and says that stuff unless he's directly questioned about specific times that that has ever been an issue. You yeah. know, he's not out he's there not to drag somebody. Up. Yeah. So it's – and I wonder if maybe that's kind of what we saw is that snappy attitude where he just – got a little bit behind and got pissed off and took it out on somebody. I wonder if that happens in the garage or at practice or, or something like that. Now mm-hmm. with the club of Mex guys, what is it? It's Tony. I think is the, the guy that runs the thing. I mean, Brad, Brian. Brad. Yeah. It was some real common name. Maybe they just get along a lot better than, than Mitch and March banks, you know, I don't yeah, know. Well, they decided for a two-year deal, so yeah. To see, I mean, see either he way, does. he came out and Brandon. now Brandon, Brandon yeah, and he's got what? He's got old filthy Phil that's going to be there with yeah. him. You know, I mean, who knows? Phil seems like the definitely stay to his own, but I've also heard him say some stuff on like pulp and that really makes me think that he has no problem sitting down with the younger cats and kind of teaching them or kind of letting them tag along to, to learn by visual cue type of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, So maybe it'll be good for Garrett and nobody knows more about an attitude blowing you up than old filthy Phil, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how that works out, and it'll be it's interesting to see these guys are clearly learning, uh, you know the whole that whole team, you know with this kind of a setup, it looks like they've got a good setup going, and I'm excited to see what they're able to pull off. Uh, well, 
It's also Wall important Street. to remember that Club MX is not a new place without talent that goes there every single week. Mm-hmm. So they've turned out some of the best amateur riders that this country has ever seen. They still are a prominent training ground for a lot of pros. Uh, Brandon and and their mechanic has been around the game for a long time. You know, so it's not like they're coming into it just some some rich dude that wants to blow a bunch of money on a race team. I mean, they have what they need to have in order to be a very successful team, except for the monetary and factory backing. So I think that's important with those guys too. Oh yeah, no, they're yeah, they've got they've got history, they know what they're doing. I mean Zacco was still hanging out riding up there, you know, he's still connected to those guys yeah you, you, they've got the i don't know if pedigree is the exact word for that particular situation but the points made um yeah yeah they're not just some people that are let kids pay there to ride a motocross track um so yeah i'm excited excited to see them this looks this feels like you know a really good group they've got together and see what their 250 guys can pump out next year for supercross they did good this year and See what they can do for outdoors and let them rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't, I don't really have anything. No, I just, anything I just else? Feel like, you know? uh, feel like I wanted to mention him as a honorable mention or just a top mention or deserving mention, whatever you want to call it. Um, feel bad that I skipped over him. Everybody else has. Ayo. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's about it. Uh, I think, uh, yeah. I think it's about a wrap on the 250 review. Yeah, let's let's run her down here real quick. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, that's our 250 review. Uh, like we said, it is hard to do both coasts, and we're both new at this. Uh, we definitely have not been in the media game for I think combined we maybe have a year. <laughs> so <laughs> bear with us. 450s will definitely be better. Uh, Michael, we appreciate all the comments and you jumping in with the conversation. Um, appreciate your support. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely uh, we'll catch you next week if we don't catch you on the Discord. Uh, as always, please do not forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe, uh, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook. Also, please do not forget to stop over at Bro Taco Foods with the Shaka. Uh, brotacofoods.com use code PTTG for 20% off uh, while Sean is out on his would it be a sabbatical? Sure. Yeah, while he's, he's out. taking time off work to go. Yeah. Maybe he's do, researching new hot sauce flavors in Texas. Yeah, doing his best um, action Bronson music video for what is that? Easy Rider or something like that on his uh. On his new Dyna, you know, hit him up, get some hot sauce. So when he comes back, he's like, oh, my gosh, I got so much work to do. I'd be like, that'll teach you for riding your bike across country without inviting us. Without inviting us. Yeah, I told him the other day, I need, <laughs> need, I need to plan a, a Dyna road trip. Oh, yeah. Also, please do not forget to stop over at Sunstar at sunstar-breaking.com. Uh we do not have a, a promo code. They are rebuilding the website, so we will have promo codes in the future. Until then, please click the rider area, hit up the support at 
sunstar-breaking.com. Use any type of secret code that you want to let them know that you came from PTTG and they will hook you up with the old 30%. Oh, let me get that thing off of there. There's a lot of button clickies and they're on two different things, man. <laughs> I'll get better at it, I promise. Practice. Also, a big thank you to Nova Pro Media, who makes sure that we have all the buttons that we can click and all the, I don't know, gear, tech, cool software stuff that we cool. can use. Yeah. Uh, black magic. Yeah, dude, it is. It's, it's weird magic, man. Uh, thank you to those guys for getting us all set up. Uh, also, thank you to them and Jesse for the power, the number two, theground.com. Jesse spends a lot of time working on this. He's, uh, this is, it's like a, another kid to him, man. It, and it's great to watch yeah, no, it. Baby. Yeah. It's great to watch it grow. Like for those of you that have kind of been around for a while, it is uh it has grown exponentially and we continue to sit around and come up with good ideas like a bunch of second lieutenants that are new to a unit. So yeah. if you uh if you've ever been in the military, you might get that reference. If not, I'm sorry, ask somebody that has been. Um also congratulations to the Pickham's winner, Brian Bearden, bringing it home. Uh, we, I guess Jesse is working on getting your, uh, your trophy out, but that is all that we have. We have a lot of 250 talk, a lot of statistics, Tiller running down everything as usual and me trying to keep up, uh, until next week, Monday, 630 on both Facebook and YouTube. We're going to take a pretty deep dive into the four fifties and I have a feeling they will be a lot of talk. Oh, speaking of 450s, did you check out that YouTube video that I sent about that orthopedic surgeon going over Roxon's injuries? I saw that one when it came out um, before. I haven't uh, watched it again since you leaked it, but I remember watching it when it came out. Um, I probably need to because I'm sure there's probably some relevant information there that I forgot about, but it was definitely uh Dude, that whole channel, like I went back and looked at that dude's channel. He does a lot of like motocross injury breakdowns. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good channel, man. On his channel. Um I'm the worst about watching YouTube videos. It is right. on YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, it's hard to get me to sit down enough to watch a YouTube video. Well, in any case, Tiller's not gonna watch it, but if you would like to watch it, jump on over to our Discord. You can find the uh the little link, I guess it would mm -hmm. be called, the little activation link. On both the Facebook and Power the Number Two the Ground .com, or you can message one of us uh, through Power to the Ground .com. We do have a direct message system. Uh, so if you would like to join us on Discord, kind of hear all my stupid jokes in text and all the cool videos and us going over news that either gets leaked or crazy silly season rumors or anything like that throughout the course of the day, uh, go ahead and, and hit up that link and come join us, man. It's fun. And check out that video. So it's yeah. uh Tiller's going to watch the video because I'm going to bug him all week until he does. I'll watch it before I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> two hours long. Is it two hours long? Because I ain't got time for that. No, I think it's like 20 minutes or something. Got it. I'll watch it before I go to sleep. <laughs> all right, man. All right, guys. We will see you guys later. 
as always, it has been a night, and I greatly appreciate you all for tuning in. Tiller, thank you for all the hard work that you did putting this show together. Uh, we greatly appreciate it, man, and I'm looking forward to the 450 talk. Looking forward to it. Yeah, find, us, uh, find the poster. I guess it's a post that Jesse put up on Facebook. I'm the least Facebook-friendly of all of us. About uh, And give us some what you want to hear about in the 450s. Um, yeah. You know, let yeah, us know for what sure. we need to talk about we got a week to try to come up with with some deep talks so let us know what you guys would like to see we'll try to cram it all into about an hour and a half so we might not get as deep as what we usually do because there's a lot to go over but we're going to give it hell so until next week we'll catch you all later peace